Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to another episode of the Dr. Supercoach Podcast. You're on again this week with JB, and I am joined by Pistol. Hello. Hi, Pistol. How are you? Howdy. <laughs> Hello. How do you do? I'm, it's a weird opening, but I'm doing Greetings. well. Greetings. Thank you. I survived the first buy round by the skin of my teeth, even though it was meant to be my best buy round, and all the players dropping <laughs> left, right, and center before teams' names, and me not having any of the good rookies. It was all right. Moved up. I don't know, 1800th. Just kind of been... I've been sitting at the same rank for like eight weeks or something. Isn't that frustrating? When like you, you're like, when is it going to give either way? Like just take the floor from underneath me or, or let me skyrocket? <laughs> I think at the end of the day, my, my cash in's bad as I missed all the good rookies. And my team's just not good. And it's mm, not bad enough to fall away. But it's not good enough to rise. So I'm just going to be here for like maybe the whole season and it's just going to be one of those incredibly frustrating years. At some stage, I'll run out of trades and I'll drop away, but um, it's just a kind of a wasted year, which is a bit upsetting. Well, at least like you can't be accused of not throwing at the stumps. Like you, you really do go for it, don't you? 
Yeah. And sometimes it just ends up that you get the, the bad luck and it, it burns you out earlier than others and that's just your year. Oh, I'm so upset. This year could have been like a massive year if it wasn't the boosting Oh, God, in. pistol, pistol. The pistol. DC and this, the talk could have been huge. This isn't going to be a two-hour podcast. We can't talk about all the mistakes you've made, yeah, okay? okay? Two many, one um, too many, three too many. I, I had a Six small rank many. drop in my... <laughs> In my worst buy week, I'm now 2,500 season rank flat, by the way. Oh. I never landed on a flat ranking yeah, like that. It's pretty hot. I'm, I'm on 26,022. Sorry, I, I was ranked 26,022 for the round, and I was nearly flat ranked for that as well, 22 spots away. It would, it would have just been perfect. I probably would have retired. You might not have heard from me again. And um, don't don't tempt anyway. us with a good time, JV. Ugh, um, before we get into anything more, we are sponsored by Code Sports, powered by Code Sports, which we're very grateful for. And we do have a couple of new Patreon signups to receive a shout out. Uh, so, for starters, we have New Guy Redsman, which I know I've pronounced correct because it's just Redsman. Now, this next one is Tim Osteras. I don't know if that's and- wrong. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. It, it might be an R instead of an A, like Asteras, but I think it's Asteras. <laughs> so I'm going to go with that. Welcome, Tim. <laughs> Welcome. Timothy Thank you for, for signing up. long name. We appreciate it. Uh, do we have any Cancer Council we did. donations? We did. We did. The Dirty Schneider says Carlton have been been weak as fantasy um, lately, spoiling many opportunities to donate. Getting in early this week before the suckiest sucks whoever sucks ruin another potential donation. Um, that, thank you for the preemptively poor Carlton uh, donation. That's very generous and uh, we greatly appreciate it. Next up, we got Giant Dreams with a giant donation. He says, donation for uh, proving the definition of insanity. $20 for bringing Cozzy Pickett in for round five and $10 for each of the eight rounds thinking this will be oh the days. round he scores big. Yes, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. He goes in round 13, yes, even if a green dot. Shame. That's a hard hold, but I love the spirit that you held him this long. Well, I think he had giant dreams and they turned out <laughs> putrid, unfortunately. That's... But it, 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 you always need to have that guy, like one time that just burns you, and he just teaches you a lesson about the other guys yes. and, and probably re-getting that same guy. Yeah. If you're like me, you'll just start him next year to save yourself the embarrassment of having to no, trade them in. Uh, um, Rivo, okay. The Salty Sea Dog says, donating for dumb things, leaving the VC and C on players in the same game an hour before start time, uh, failing at math to calculate final team scores, and for being a general peanut. Um, mm. Thanks, Rivo. Any, any thoughts, yeah. Jeremy? Well, that's a little bit of a, that's a Team JB in rivalry league donation. Um, leaving the VCNC was actually so funny. Uh, he posted his team and just said, any concerns here, guys? And I said, well, maybe take the captaincy off of Bontempelli if you're going to VC Tom Stewart. And he goes, I really just like the safety of Bontempelli, you know, like Stewart into Bont just seems great. And I'm like, well, it's going to be really difficult to, to loot them. They don't only play at the same time, but they're, they're against each other <laughs> in the same game. Um, and we all had a bit of a laugh at that um, at Paul Rivo's expense. But no, it's it's always it's always lighthearted when Rivo's in the channel. So he's a very good man. Excellent. And lucky last, we have Cade13FC says, after 10 plus hours spent on Supercoach all week while on holiday, love that, had a few too many pints, left the VC on Sicily. 
over Stuart, which I thought would have lost me some points, left it up to the community, Dr. Supercoach community that is, to choose my captain, and i double my donation if the highest scoring player was voted, and Zach Merritt sure was. Love this community we have. Feel good story. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's... Uh, have, the community haven't done that. That That's just my YouTube video. It's true. Um, Zach Merritt was... Uh, man. Do you know how I much think, faith uh, I had in your YouTube video that I didn't take Dacos VC and rolled with the, the C merit because you said he'd be the highest scoring player. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's what I'm that's what you said. implement. No, that's not the you said, I'm going for. Which here. player did you say was the best captaincy option? Zach Merritt. So I did it. And that's it worked. <laughs> it, did, it did work. It did net you an extra 15 odd points, but oh, that, that is not what I'm Quite a time. You should have seen me though. <laughs> a quarter time... I was sitting there like I knew he was going to go crazy. I got the 127 from Stuart, which was scaled down from like a 136 for some reason. I was so upset about that. And then Zach Merritt starts the game like that. And I'm like, this is going to burn me somehow. How am I going to get burnt by my own video? Um, but he he got the Liam Shields tag for the rest of the game. Still came out with the 137, which is oh, definitely... So much scaling in that game as well. Like he, he It was a very close game. 45 or more than that. Um, yep. And then just, yeah, the scaling was... I think all the points were exhausted with like, still like three minutes to go of like peak scaling crunch time. So the, I think the streak yeah. is at about five though for correct VC slash C but don't jinx it. predictions. Well, no, no, there's no jinxing it because it's just... It's fact. There's a science. <laughs> it's fact. Well, it's, it's, it's inevitable. I'm looking forward to it this weekend and I will stick to it, JB. So so please, please, well, please you have your best. That's what last weekend, mate. <laughs> Um, okay, all right. Well, we're going to jump into essentially the crux of the podcast. There's going to be a few talking topics. Um, we're going to start off with, I think, what's been discussed probably the heaviest in our Slack so far, and that's these uh, imposter, imposter premiums, imposter mid-price pseudo premiums type thing. I don't really know. Are they mid-price? The premiums. Well, fake premiums. they're not premiums, though. They're not scoring like premiums. They're fake So premiums. can we call them premiums? They're fake. They're pseudo-premiums. Yeah. Well, we'll throw back um, to our real or fake discussion from a couple of weeks ago. Essentially, I was... Do you know what? I was driving home this Arvo, and I was thinking to myself, what are we going to podcast about? And I said, we might as well just roll back real or fake. <laughs> yeah. So let's do real or fake. Jay-Z, Jack Zebel. I want to have a discussion about him. Now, I kind of just want us to talk about what we saw yeah. And what we're doing with him, and then we move on. There's no advice. I just want people to to understand our thought process and what we're going to act on and then make their own decision up from that because it's really difficult. It's impossible, actually, to give blanket advice on things that are going to be really heavily dictated by team selections, dictated by whether you think a player is washed or not, whether you think he, they're too old or that the things, some things are catching up or too young or their role isn't good. Like it's all just going to be a person-by-person person matter. And I think it's it's just impossible for us to say, this guy needs to be traded, this guy needs to be kept. Do you know what I mean, Pistol? Is that, yeah. is that fair to say? No, I want to know what your thoughts are on Jay-Z. Like I, I watched the game. I know you watched the game as well. So yep. we both had eyes on it the entire time. And, and what did you say? Well, do, do you want me to start? Yeah, please. So Jay-Z to me, since Aaron Hall has come back, he's had three sub tons in a row now. Yep. He did start the game well. He had 25 points in the first quarter. 
since that point, he scored about 25 points for the rest of the game. Now, he did leave a 70-plus on the table. I will say that straight away. Two uncharacteristic out-in-the-full kicks um, late in the game did cost him probably a 20-point swing when you consider that he got about negative 10. Yeah. If they both hit targets, it probably goes plus 10 um, or approximately there or about. So he probably cost himself a high 60s, low 70s score in the well, end yeah. with just a couple of uncharacteristic kicks. 20 points, probably close to 80. So let's let's consider that. Um, however, I've never watched Jack Zebel and thought the game has gone past him. I've never thought that he is just getting outbodied in every every single contest. I've never actually thought um, he's too slow for the game, but all of those thoughts were very intrusive um, during the game on the weekend. He did look too slow. He did look like he was too knackered to get to the contest. He was getting outbodied by Carl Lankford all, all day, pretty much. All day. Um, and, and I don't know if... I, I like Carl Lankford, but I don't think he's the guy that you want to let kick bags of goals on you and, and sort of heighten your confidence. Um, and and Aaron Hall just does not pass him the ball. Aaron Hall checks meters gained in the newspaper the next day after every game, and that, that is the stat that he, need, he needs to tick off for himself. Um, clearly, he's more interested in bombing to packs. Um, I don't know if that's a game plan thing or what, but he clearly has the majority of the kickouts. Um, and isn't interested in sharing the ball with Sheasel or Jack Zebel. So um, without Aaron Hall, this is a very different discussion. Um, but considering Aaron Hall does three or four things in a game that not a lot of other players do, especially not for that team, um, I fear that he is going to keep getting games for North Melbourne under Ratten. Um, and I feel like the effect on Jay-Z is enough for him to be traded out of my team this week. That was a lot of statements. Um I mean, I can't really disagree with what your eyes saw because he seemingly got beat in like every single one-on-one for the entire game. And then when he would like turn, it was like an old 80-year-old man turning circle. Um, It was a semi-truck. I'm like, what the hell is going on? It looked like his body was like, he's frozen in a position as he was turning as well. It was like, it was also rigid. I'm like, what is going on here? Is he injured? I I had no idea. He looks old and slow and decrepit kind of. And I'm like, this does not look like him. Saying that though, JB, it looked like he had his worst game of his life. Like he just looked terrible. And it's still a really small sample size with a new coach. And I know it's, he's had three, technically three bad games in a row. Um, But, at the end of the day, it's only three games as well. And I'm not 100% convinced that it's all over uh, for Jay-Z yet. I mean, I think, one, we're relying on Hall. Like, Hall, Hall kills Jay-Z as, you know, a 100-plus player. I don't think anyone's doubting that. We're all on the same page, yep. for sure. Yep. Um, one, like, Hall isn't a guarantee to play every game himself because he's also old and they have an aging team and he might play for a couple of weeks and then get dropped, rested, whatever it might be. Um, it's unpredictable, injury prone. We have no idea. Um, and Jay-Z himself, is not he doesn't have a bad role. Like he's still playing down back. He didn't take the majority of kickouts this game, but he still had a, a complete split of kickouts in the previous two games. And this one... I mean, he was already only on one kick out to the final quarter and then kicked it out on the full as well from a kick in. So 
Um, and he did only have two for the match. Yeah, which is by far just not has what's been happening in any other game this season. And, no. And I don't know if that was a new tactic that they're going to move going forward or he was just having a stink and he's like, you know what, I'm playing really badly. You just take the ball. And it could revert back, you know, next week. And the role for Jay-Z technically on paper, <laughs> on paper JB, is a good role. And when we look at his year two years ago, he averaged... 11 points better in losses than wins. And two of the last three games as well have been like, well, I mean, they've been losses, but they've been pretty as close as you can get to winning without actually winning. And I think he scores better when they get murdered. And there's just a lot more inside 50s for him to have to defend. There's a lot of Can more I behinds. interject a little bit? Yeah, go for it. I don't think his role actually is very good with Aaron Hall in the team. I think it's substantially different. I think he goes from being the focal point out of defense and being the kick and taker to being neither of those things. And I think that is that that is solely what he relies on because the fact of the matter is he unfortunately doesn't win enough of his own footy. Um, he does it three or four times a game, which is great, and it's a massive point spike. And he can live off of that and, and score 70s off of that. Um, but 70s is not a premium um, he he's currently at what is he at five hundred and seventeen k. His break even is one hundred and seventy two. Um, if he if he scores somewhere around seventy this week, uh, he probably loses about forty k um, approximately. So I just like when I look at these guys, I think are they going to be able to turn it around next week with Aaron Hall? Which do you think is more likely, a score of a hundred plus or a score of sub eighty? I just I just don't think. At Blunston Arena, the wind, the most windy arena, arena. Why am I saying arena? Oval um, in the game that is going to go sub seventy. Oh, wait, I didn't, didn't say, say sub 80? seventy. Sub eighty. Yeah. I, 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 it's it's pretty close to me. I mean, I think it's probably leaning on the side of sub eighty compared to over a hundred, but I don't think it's like a massive. It's not a massive difference in my mind. I, th- I think it's enough. And if he does that now against GWS at Blunstone. Then he's got Fremantle. Uh, sorry, not Fremantle. He's got the Western Bulldogs at Marvel. Yeah, um, he could quickly be like four hundred and fifty k. And then what do you do with him? But why is then that what, a bad what's your fixture? Plan? That doesn't seem like a bad fixture to me. No, I'm not saying it's a bad fixture. But if the role is bad with Aaron Hall, but I don't think it's fifty nine bad. What is it? Ninety what? bad. Well, I don't think Essendon is a bad fixture. No, <laughs> he scored fifty nine. Well, as as he does better in losses, and nearly won the game. Had, but they lost. <laughs> they, they did lose, but I, you can't pull out I, the loss stat and say, to, they, they nearly I'll break didn't it lose. down into the size of percentiles of the loss. Yeah, like the size percentage. of loss and figure out. I'm pretty no, sure I get what you're saying. I get what be, you're yeah. saying. Yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I think it's more likely that he has back to back scores of 85 or lower in the next two weeks. If he does that, he's looking at around 460, 470K. Yeah. At that point, I still don't think he's a keeper, a, sorry, a premium, and now he's a 450K on the buy. Yeah, I I wouldn't be With surprised buy. if it was back-to-back 85s. And I think the thing where I'm coming from is most people have him and Sheasel to deal with, right? Okay, correct, And yep. most people are trading one but not both. I think if you have the trades yep, to trade I both, so. I would trade both. But I don't think that many people are in a position where they have 
as many trades as they want and can trade up both of them and they're choosing between Jay-Z and Sheasel. And I think that's where we're on different sides of the fence. I think most of the stuff I'm agreeing with you on the Jay-Z, I just feel like the potential, I guess, downside for me feels like he's still going to go 80. Like I don't think he's going to go lower than that. I think it just that, that's his worst case for me is 80. Well, his last two scores were below 80. Yeah, but he played Collingwood. And I, I mean, it's just like it's, it's a small sample size to bring in. I just don't think that it's it's too hard to make a judgment off those two games. He played his worst ever game last week, and the game before that was Collingwood. I mean, it's it's just what happens if he does really well in the next two games? Then we're like, oh, what happens if it's a Canelio thing from last year? Yeah, but Canelio was a specific role change to a point where he was in an entirely different part of the game. This is not a role change. This is more so personnel change in the North Melbourne side. It just side. shouldn't matter that much, right? Because Sheasel, but it does. Sheasel's it not there does, anymore. Though. So if it's no, Sheasel, well, he, just he was there for at least the quarter was, and a half. He was, but, but yeah, swap, swap him and Sheasel and it shouldn't technically matter. Like Hall and Sheasel. Yeah, but Aaron, Aaron Hall isn't... He doesn't pass. Harry Sheasel. <laughs> Yeah, like Sheasel did find Zebel. Sheasel is looking for his captain. He's looking for. Um, I actually don't know if he's not captain anymore. LDU's captain. Sheasel um, is looking for the experienced head, whereas Aaron Hall just gets it and looks fifty meters down the line and puts it on his boot. Like there's no. And the only time Hall is not doing that, he's kicking to a big immobile player on his list and running past for the handball. Yeah, he does that, that all is it. game. That, that, that's, his two st- that's his two tricks that he can do. And he doesn't have any others. He doesn't switch it to Zebul. He, he doesn't do the short kick-ins in the pocket to Zebul um, because he knows that he can just do that kick and get those meters gained for himself. <laughs> and it just, it, as bad as it sounds, um, Aaron Hall, to me, is one of the... like he, he's, he's someone that you would hate in NBA, as like the guy who just catches it, you know they're going to do a couple of jab steps and then just chuck up a three with a defender like nearby, and you're like, damn! Like you could just try and dribble pass or you know pass it to someone, or like you just know that the offense stops with him. And Aaron Hall just feels like like as soon as he gets it in defense, you just know that that's where the ball movement stops. It's just getting laid out into the onto the wing and and you know there's going to be a contest and it's great for his super coach but he's not even scoring well in super coach but I just I don't like it I don't like it for Zeeble for me if we just have our vote now just quickly before we move on to Sheasel yeah I'm I'm voting him out and that is factoring in that I do also have Sheasel and also factoring in that I'll be keeping one or the other I mean I'm voting him out if you have no trade issues I think I'm We'll talk about Sheasel, but I'm voting keeping him over Sheasel, but we'll discuss that in a second. Well, let's discuss it now. So I'm the opposite. I'm keeping Sheasel. Um, I saw Sheasel start extremely well on the weekend yeah. at halfback. I saw him have almost nothing in quarters two and three and then go into the midfield and have enough of an impact to get to 72. Yeah. The week before, um, he only scored, if I can quickly get that score up, I think it was in the 70s again. Yeah. 79. Um, he got kicked to the face and um, essentially had like seven concussion tests. Um, <laughs> I think most most games, that's a 90-plus score in the circumstances. And most games this week against Essendon, um, without those two absolutely blacked-out quarters, in which his role wasn't even that bad. He just didn't get the footy. Um, I think he can turn it into a 90. I think his floor is at least 80-plus, where I think Zeebles is not. 
Um, 80, and though. It does, yeah, in I believe so. In any role. He's just too good. That's what, basically. Yeah, I think so. I, I think he's Might just be. too good at hunting the ball. If you think about late in this game, he actually had a shot from about 15 meters out yeah, on almost no angle, and he somehow fluffed it. If that goes through, he actually probably does score a 90. And then we're probably not even talking about him. Well, pro- he's probably not even a discussion. The week before, if he doesn't get kicked in the face, he's probably not a discussion then either. So my, my thoughts on Sheasel is that he will be able to just at least glue something together, whereas Jack Zebel is so dependent on Aaron Hall not being in the team. Um, and I just don't see Aaron Hall missing a majority of the games from here on out unless he's seriously injured, which is, is, is actually you know, on the cards. <laughs> um, I, I just I don't see Sheasel as being harmful as an owner, whereas I see Zebel being harmful as an owner. Sheasel to me is someone that I'd rather have as like my F7 loop. Oh, 100%. And yes. have on my field. Like if I had to choose out of my loops, I'd want him as a loop. But I also don't think I want him on the field every week because like I'm looking at his CBAs here and he had 6% against Essendon. Which was all in the last quarter. Yeah, when the game was on the line, they moved him in. And, and he looked good in there. But, you know, Taron Thomas had 51%, and that may not have been the, like what they expected, but they lost Greenwood really early, um, and they lost Simpkin really Taren early. Taron Thomas also looked good in there as well. He looked unreal, way. yeah. He looked really good. But the, the thing is, they got LDU that's meant to come back, and Simpkin's concussion, so he'll be only one more week. My fear... Uh, Greenwood the same as well, concussion just as one well. week. Yeah, I'm, I don't know if Greenwood's... Best twenty-two when everyone's fit. I'm still not sure about that. I don't know, guy. He was. <laughs> he was so done. good. He was. Wanna, he was so good. But so he's was really Phillips. good in there. Who was bad? He has a role somewhere. <laughs> who in was the bad, JB? No, no one. And I tell you, who might have been the best in there, and it was Wardlaw, <laughs> but he just didn't get enough of it. No, I think Wardlaw is a fifty percent CBA type guy. I don't think he's ever getting more than that um, for for this season. God, he was good in there though. He's so he's clean incredible. under under his under his knees. He's. He's, I love what I see whenever I watch him. Um, but real, realistically, I think she gets pushed out of the midfield um, because of all these yeah, other guys. Probably. So my fear of holding him long-term, because I, I kind of have to commit either one way to the other to, to one of them. My fear is yep. that if I'm picking someone to have a score of 40 or 50, that's going to kill my week. I just don't think it's going to be the guy that's on some of the kickout. I feel like Sheasel playing forward. They're losing by, you know, they're playing Geelong and yeah, Sheasel in, in, took as home. many kickouts as Jack Zebel this week. I know, but I don't know if the role down back is where he's going to settle. I, I kind of feel like they're going to put him at the half mm. forward type. But he scored 112 against Sydney at half forward. Yeah, because they almost won the three game three weeks ago. I just think that you get the game where you play Geelong in Geelong, just like Goulden did. And you're playing the half forward role, and you just get pummeled. And the ball, you don't see the ball, and then he ends up with the score of forty. And you're like, "Oh well, that was kind of predictable." And I just don't want to be in that sort of situation. And that's that's my fear is that he has that game. Although to be fair, it's the next game after that is Hawthorne at Marvel. He probably scores well. <laughs> and um, and secure the West Coast. Coast. <laughs> um, um, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I feel no. like he's closer to a 40s, 50 scores to me than than Jay-Z, and that's what I want to avoid. But the highs might make up for it. I, I don't know. I would factor in one more thing in my closing argument. <laughs> Do we think, after seeing Jack Zebel play on the weekend, yeah. 
that not including the buyer, do we think that he plays every week from now on? I, th- I think they need him as a the per- like their backline would fall apart with no le- old heads leadership down there. I just think it's something to consider because he looked he washed. Did. He, he was struggling to move. I, I never seen I, a guy need to buy more than Jay Z. <laughs> I know, I know. But the, I mean, yeah, we saw what Nick Dacos did post buy last year, and Sheezel might need to buy as well. It's true. Um, I just, I just, th- I think it's an interesting discussion. I'm going to end with because we've spent a lot of time on this already. It's worthwhile. I'm going to end with everyone's in the same boat. No, I know, but we've got another guy to discuss. Oh, God. <laughs> um, I'm out on Jay Z. I'm in on Sheezel, but I would love to be in a situation where I can still potentially move Sheasel if things go really hairy later in the season. Um, I think everyone would love to be in that situation, so I don't even know what I'm saying. If committing to one of them for the rest of the season, I'm committing to Sheasel. I think the best plan is commit to Sheasel's cover, if you can. Well, yeah. Ideally, that's unbelievable. That seems like if you could loop, I don't know if people are, Still considering Fife, but if you're in a situation where you can loop like Fife and Sheasel, you might get a winning combo out of that. All right, no spoilers, but let's. Well, talk I, about Fife I'm not later. doing that, so I don't know. But what you're doing, but now, like now, if you, what, what is your, what is your final on Jay Z versus Sheasel? I think, pending the rest of the week and how I wake up feeling, I'm feeling that I'm going to be trading out Sheasel and keeping Jay Z for the season. Okay, I'm looking forward to this POD between us for the rest of the year. <laughs> um, genuinely, because I, I don't think it's it's as simple as, yeah, I'm right, you're wrong. Oh, like We are going to need hindsight on this one and there's going to be unforeseen circumstances that makes or breaks this yeah, decision. Sure. So like th- this is not one where you do it and you look back on it and go, God, how did I miss that? It was so obvious. It is not obvious. No. Listen back to this podcast. You're making a difficult decision under yeah. ridiculous when, circumstances. When Jay-Z gets, go way. gets rested for a week and they make Sheezel the sub and we're just like, oh, well, we're both wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually what happens between us. We, we both have a 50-50 <laughs> and something bad happens to one of them and then the other one one-ups it somehow. Yeah, um, all right. Now, we've got a lot to talk about. We're nearly 30 minutes in. Will Day is the next guy. Yeah. His scores since round four, since he got rubbed out, since a lot of people traded him in, have been 97, 84, 88, 74, 74, 81. I mean, he has not turned up. <laughs> he's got a five round average of 80. He has not turned up for 8% of his owners. Yeah. With eight, eight out of 20. So pretty much 50% of his owners have not even seen a ton yet. Yeah, that's me. That's me, JB. I'm famous. I know. I know it's you. Um, looking straight into your eyes as I, as I read that statistic out. Um, I don't know about you, but that doesn't feel very good. Um, it's fake primo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's definitely a pseudo premium. And the question is, is can you do anything about it? Is is he worth trading? He's 440K. You know what he's, the worst part is out of all of this? So cheap. They have such a hard fixtures for the rest of the year. They, 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 it's they have some of the hardest. Why is it so hard? They're not good. Well, the e- easy fixtures included West Coast, in which you got tagged. <laughs> um, St. Kilda, who are like suddenly good. Port, who are suddenly good. Um, Their good fixtures just have not been that good, unfortunately. Um, but you really needed him to turn the wins or the competitive games into big scores. And it just has not worked out for him, whether it be the tag or a tail of two halves, whatever it is. 
Um, he looked very comfortable against Port in defense in the second half. Um, he really shored up their defense. Obviously, they, they didn't have Sicily. Um, I don't know what his role is going forward, but whatever it is, he seems like a safe 75 plus. Um, yeah. So I think he's better than Sheasel and Jay-Z, but he's, his ceiling is far, far, far below theirs. Oh, yeah, yeah. His Supercoach finals games are against Collingwood, Bulldogs, Melbourne, Fremantle. That's a disaster. <laughs> Look, oh, my God. It's really, um, I guess, he used the ball so well against Poor off the halfback where I'm like, wow, he can kick the ball really well because the last three weeks previous to that, it was like Clanger City. Um, I've explained this though. It's because he has time off of halfback yeah. to, to size up where he's kicking. In the midfield, he just whacks on the boot and, and he needs it's to... It's a nice reminder that he can do it. He needs to not whack on the boot and try to hit someone lace out. He needs to put it in the air and give his forwards a chance and that will result in better Hawthorne moments and better super coach moments because it's an efficient kick for a reason. It, it, it makes a difference than trying to lace out your teammate and hitting the opposition on the chest. I mean, I think going forward, he's just going to play midfield again. I don't think he's going to be in the back line. They moved Frost forward. They didn't have Sicily. They didn't have Seamus Mitchell. All those guys no, are probably agree. coming back. So Day is not going to have a spot in the back line, even though he looked good there in the second half. Um, yep. So we're going to just kind of get what we've had for the season. I do think we will get 100 on the way home at least one of them, but it's just going to be he used the ball really well that day. Um, we need some rain <laughs> matches. We need we need some outdoor, good wet weather footy. I think that's that's a that will suit him really well. But um, I do agree his floor's relatively high, I guess, for a fake premium. Um, mm, no, I think like so. those back to back seventy fours. I can't imagine he goes much lower. I say that. But that was one moment. one with a decent tag and the one weird game where no one turned up at all pretty much yeah i think you're probably getting 80 i mean he's had a five round round a five round average of 80 and i still think he's going to be scoring 80s um you just kind of hope that he gets to the bye he rests and then it's like a day cost of last year where it just all clicks and he comes out looking fresh and, and they utilize him a lot more just as they finish towards the end of the season it's more of a a pick and hope, but at his price at 440, there's no value in trading him out anymore either. No. It's not JT. I think we're both in agreement, so I, th- I think he's a hold. It's If you can loophole him and Sheasel, <laughs> that's a good combo. <laughs> I love how the guy with five trades is like, yeah, trading this loophole option, like it's all going to be fine. So I got seven, um, thank you very much. Uh, is that after this week or before? No, that's, that's after. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, oh, wow, I've only got two more trades than you. That's quite concerning. Um, okay, we're going to move on to the next batch of players. Um, so less discussion required here. I just want to quickly touch on a few premiums and where you think they're at. These are actual premiums. Um, for starters, Sam Walsh is someone that I think a lot of people are looking at um, potentially after his buy. I know you looked at him a little bit earlier than that, as in you <laughs> I looked at him for all these bad scores. Fake Primo um, that I brought into my team. He's, I have he's all of these guys. I know. I'm, I'm, like, I'm actually just reading premiums. off your team list. <laughs> you, sent, you sent me a screenshot of your team before the podcast, oh, and that, that is where I'm going off of. How did this happen? Um, so he's 550K. His break even is 144. He comes up against Essendon this week, then Gold Coast, then the buy. So he could realistically have two nice games, I think the problem with Walsh is, is where the hell is his role? It's so bad. Why is he playing 
out of the forward line when he's clearly their best centre bounce attendance midfielder. Um, and I think clearly their best this year. It's uh, so I know upsetting. Cripps is a Brownlow medalist, but he's so much more better in there, so much more dynamic. Um, do we wait for the role to change or is he just unpurchasable this year? What are the thought process here? My thought process is that We're not in round out, 10 right? and 11, he gets 58% CBAs and 57 to scrape over the line to stop <laughs> getting forward DPP and then he doesn't get it and this week he has 39% CBAs. So they just purposefully did it so he wouldn't get forward status Walsh. Um, it's terrible, his role. It's really bad. And it's not a role in which he can really... No player going at that CBA is, is going to be, you know, 115 guy, maybe 110 at very best. I think more, more around, you know, 107. But honestly, the price is going to get to a stage where it's just too good to ignore for people that are trying to get a bargain. You could end up with Walsh as your M8 at like a 500K player and, and hope that they finally throw him in the midfield and then... You may as well roll the dice, but if you, I, I it's hard to say because I'd actively be staying away because the roll is just so bad. Um, but then you've got the birdie on your shoulder saying, "But it's Sam Walsh, and Sam Walsh is really good." Um, JB, I don't think you can buy him in the next two weeks. I think it's a discussion you have at the end of the buys. You would have to see quite a significant change against Essendon and Gold Coast, not just in Sam Walsh, not just in his role, but probably in the Carlton Football Club as well. Um, that would indicate that he's now going to be a a purchasable option post buy. You can't even trade him out. He's too cheap. No, you can't trade him out. You can't trade him out. Um, <laughs> and I, I think he falls in the same category as the next guy, Jack Steele, coming off his buy. 520k um, showed amazing, incredible signs for about three weeks in a row um, before absolutely soiling his pants against Hawthorne. Um, again, a strange game in which no one really turned up and no one enjoyed watching if he did watch it. Um, I, yep. He has a very favorable run home. I think he's definitely a hold option. Um, by God, he's not a training option this week, I wouldn't think. <laughs> yeah, I got steel too. So when at the beginning of the podcast when I said, yeah, my team's pretty bad, you can see why. I have all these fake premiums. <laughs> the run is crazy good. He's got, what, five Marvel games in a row from around 19 to 23. Um, Against North Hawthorne, Carlton, Richmond, Geelong. Yeah. Like, that's not bad. It's pretty good. If if we're going to get a bounce back from steel, it's going to be on the back of these good fixture runs and – Saints need to win games to make finals and he's going to have to lead them there. That's basically the story. But you yep. couldn't buy him based on what we've seen. No. Um, I think you just leave it. I know he's cheap, but he's also bad. <laughs> so maybe if he comes off the buy and looks refreshed and he's getting you know 80% CBAs, sure, all aboard. We can maybe talk about it. But um, until then, his CBAs are slashed. Um, well, well, I think this week... I think watching Thursday against Sydney, um, their midfield is somewhat depleted. Yep. If he looks good against Sydney, then we can chalk up the Hawthorne game as a bit of a weird outlier where no one scored well and it was just a strange game. That would mean that he looked good against Adelaide, um, subbed at three-quarter time on 80, 84. Good against North Melbourne, another game where just no one scored well. Maybe it's a St. Kilda thing. Good against Port for a 126. Good against GWS for a 135. That's four games that you could say he was at least good enough in, and then the weird game against Hawthorne, and then the good game against Sydney. So after that, I think he's 
purchasable again, but you can't get him this week. And with a with a low ton, his break even actually goes up to one thirty six um, or one thirty ish plus. So um, I think you definitely watch this week, potentially even again against Richmond, yeah. and then he's a pounceable option. I think. Yeah, you could. You know, in an ideal world, you get him at M nine, and you you use him with Sheasel as a loophole. <laughs> Is that just going to be everyone? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, the next guy, the last guy that we're going to talk about in this slide is um, Cornelio, who may be the most frustrating own. I don't know if I've ever had a good experience owning Stephen Cornelio um, ever. And it, this year has just been so frustrating. One ton in his last five matches. His last two games have been without Josh Kelly against an undermanned Geelong and against the Richmond team who consistently give up big midfield numbers and he hasn't been able to find the triple digits. Um, I think it's hard to to trade because he's such a wet weather footy player and and we're coming into that. Uh, He also has North Melbourne Fremantle in the next two leading into his bye. Um, he's impossible, I think, to trade this week, but you could discuss after another two bad scores against those guys whether he was or not um, an option to trade. I don't really know what to say about <laughs> him. He, there's no real reason for him to be doing what he's doing. His role is still great. Um, he's just not good this year. He is finding plenty of the footy still. He's just not using it well, so his score is always bad. Like His dream team to supercoach ratio has been awful lately. It's... One of those guys that I think we hold, he's in a category to me above, I think, all the players we've just mentioned in terms of relative to his position. Like he's still averaging mm, 97 yeah. as a forward. Yeah, yeah. Like that's still very good. Um, it's just very frustrating that he's in bad form. And the thing with Keneally, he's a streaky player. He could average 130 for five weeks. And this could be starting from this week. You know, that's just the type of player he is. So I think you kind of have to just ride it out unfortunately at this point yep I think that discussion is quite easy um, alright we're going to move on to a couple of um, well there's six real trading options this week I think six okay three of them sorry yeah do it six three of them are in defense three of them are in the midfield um, this is premiums that we're talking about now I just want to have a discussion regarding the three defenders first it's obvious to break this into two sections we got Luke Ryan, who I think is like third amongst players coming off the bye right now for points Are you sure? this season. Where did you read that? That was Fantasy Freak or something, I guess. <laughs> um, and then we got Sinclair and we've got Jake Lloyd. Now, Lloyd, I always think of as like, yeah, he started the year poorly, then Rampy went down and all their all their other defenders went down. And yep. it's like now he's just racking it up as, you know, there's no one else there. But really is not the case. He has only had... He's had four subtons for the year, two of which were in the 90s, two of which were in the 70s. Um, besides that, he has shown a very good ceiling again. Um, he's gone 115 plus three times, 110 plus four times. Um, he actually does appear to be at least a good enough option, I guess. He's only 12K more than his starting price. So he's, it's not like he's bad value now. Um I really don't know what to make of him at 520k. I did not expect this type of resurgence. I didn't either, and I'm still a little bit skeptical. I'm very skeptical. The reason is Rampy's been out, as we know, and he's kind of like that leader of the backline, but it frees up Blakey when Rampy plays, and Blakey is just better than Lloyd in all ways, yeah. in every single way. 
as a footballer right now. Um, sorry, Jack Lloyd. But it's it's hard to tell because Rampy just hasn't played for such a long time that I just feeling uncertain about it. And they, they did draft, you know, in the, the mid-season draft, some key defenders in case they want to use them and they don't want to use Melican or whatever it is. So they should be able to get a back six that roughly resembles a proper back six now coming back from their bye, especially when Rampy is meant to return. And that might massively impact Lloyd. We just don't know. There's no information. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All we can see is that Blakey's had to play taller and he's had to play more of a lockdown role like the last at least three weeks um, since Tom McCartan and Paddy McCartan went down. And since then, Blakey has had fewer free kick, uh, kick-ins than Lloyd, who became the main kick-in taker. But Blakey was a main kick-in taker before that. So that's just – if that shifts straight back to Blakey, you know, when we're suddenly losing, you know, instead of Lloyd, the 102 average guy, he becomes Lloyd, the 96 average guy. And then he's fine value and he's, he's a fine player, but it's not – it doesn't feel like very good anymore. I agree. And I think – I, if I was having to trade someone in, I would think he's a safe 90 plus average from here, but not a safe 100 plus average. Yeah. And I think that's a fine variance to sit on um, when just wanting someone safe, especially someone around that price. I think he's very, very um, favorably priced. Um, I also think he's better than the next guy we're going to talk about, which is Luke Ryan. Yeah. Um, Luke Ryan, for their first seven games that they were not good for Fremantle was averaging 121 super coach since they turned their form around against Hawthorne with a win. They then took out Sydney. They then played Geelong and Melbourne. Uh, did they beat Geelong? I can't quite remember actually if they got Geelong at Optus stadium there, um, but they definitely beat Sydney and Melbourne. I'm, I'm pretty sure, but um, regardless, he's averaged 92.2 in that span. Yeah. So since the 121 average, it's been a 92 average since they've turned their form around. And I think that is the most direct correlation that you could possibly ever get from data. Um, and it clearly shows that when they are better, he is less involved. And I don't know if you're buying the resurgence, but I kind of am. Yeah, um, I think I they're definitely closer to their last four weeks than what they were in their first seven weeks. So um, I imagine his numbers, again, like Jake Lloyd, stay between the 90 to 100 average, but... Um, I would think he's more of a chance to go down to an 85 average than what Lloyd is. I think the thing with Ryan is he's also really consistent. Like he's had the season low of 84 and then, you know, 85. So that's – I don't think he's going to go lower than that. Like that's his floor. 
which is still not it's not bad. Um, no, but I like he's got a lot of home games. JB on the, the run home more than half, um, and some good matchups as well. Uh, it's pretty tough between him and Lloyd. I don't think there's a, it's an obvious pick. I think I would still take the cheaper one, so I would go for Lloyd. Um, but that would be my splitting factor. I think they're pretty similar outside of that. Would you consider? Yeah, yeah. I you wouldn't consider like Hayden Young or someone. I was just going to say I didn't realize they they um they played so many at Optus on the way home. So that is actually a very good stat by you. Um, would I consider Hayden Young? Like he's just Let kind me... of turned a leaf. He's got a five round average of one hundred and two. It's basically been. Luke Ryan, when they chipped it around, was the, the go-to guy. And then now that they're playing more, I'm going to call it zesty football, it's more using Hayden Young. I mean, since, since that, so we'll, we'll go with the same Hawthorne game as the turnaround. Um, 95, 100, 86, 103. That doesn't really scream. No, it's in the same range as all the other guys. Guy now. <laughs> No, correct. Um, I think you could probably put Young, Ryan, and Lloyd all in the same range. I wouldn't want to own any of them. two of these guys. <laughs> or any I'm of okay them. with owning one of them. I think you, you could probably just pick your favorite and, and trust one of these guys, but I wouldn't want to have two of them. I think that's probably asking for, for some mediocre scores on the run home. Um, the other guy who I did mention off the top was Sinclair. Um, now, obviously, Sinclair has had his highs and lows. He, for the love of God, Ross Lyon, is not a midfielder. Every time he's put in the midfield, he keeps on putting out these putrid scores. Um, the 160 against GWS feels like months ago. Um, he's been a very frustrating up-and-down own. I do have faith, though, and that Marvel run, I think, could favor him more than it even favors Jack Steele. But um, I do like him on the run home, and I think he's underpriced. Um, it was, I think, he, so he's got the two, three scores below 90. Um, one of them in that weird Hawthorne game, and then he had a, a 65 against Adelaide at Adelaide Oval, and a 63 against Essen way back this is in round bad. three. So it's Jack's bad. bad, yeah. This is not good. Like, the, he's being buffed by that big 160 score. Um, well, he's not a midfielder is the main point. And if he keeps getting played there, I think he's the same as Steele. I think you watch him against Sydney. Yeah. If you see that midfield time, he's break even. Um, he's not going to go up much in price, like maybe 10K mo- at most. Um, and then he's going to have a very high break even when that 160 falls out. If you if you watch him this week and even next week against Richmond, you will see all that you need to see in regards to his role. And I don't think he's going to be a trade-in. So we've got um, Hunter Clark that got injured, and he was averaging at least 30% CBAs, which is roughly what you know Sinclair's been getting as well. So my worry is that it's just Sinclair time in the midfield. So he's going to keep holding this 30, weird 30, 50% CBAs, which is probably the worst role possible for him not quite a midfielder not quite a defender and in those games they're the games that he's done quite poorly for the most part um i don't know if i want to buy sinclair either i think they're all bad well i already have him so 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 do i (laughs) i mean that's everyone in my team (laughs) um out of these three guys who do you like the most god they're all bad I probably, I probably would say Sinclair for the upside. 
of just in case he doesn't play in the midfield um, or yeah, you know, plays five games down back in a row. That should all be tons. Um, but it's it's not a fun... Like you're not picking it and thinking this is going to be a good time. It's not like you're picking Jordan Dawson and you're like, yeah, I know this is going to be awesome this week. <laughs> Do you know who might be a good time? Say it. Bailey Dale. Yeah, okay. I think he's going to be a good time, but he's got the round 15 buy. So the round 15 buy is the only reason that we're not really hyping him up. But if you can afford a round 15 buy guy, um, Roberts getting injured obviously helps him a lot. His last three scores have been 141, Roberts, 108, Richards. 116. <laughs> Richards, that's what I meant. Um, 141, 108, 116. He has gained 70K in that time, so it's a bit unlucky. He was at 40, 450K prior to that. Um, however, obviously has a very good run at Marvel for the next four. I don't know if we've talked about the Bulldogs run, actually. Um, it's Port at Marvel, North at Marvel, Fremantle at Marvel, Collingwood at Marvel. Then they take a break and play Sydney at the SEG. Then Essendon at Marvel. Um, then GWS at Mars. And then Richmond at Marvel. And then West Coast at Marvel after Hawthorne. And it's just, yeah, they've got a good run as Great well. Run. They've got a good run as well. Yeah, he's good. Um, so I think he's actually very good too. I would prefer him to any of the options we've discussed. It's just that you're probably waiting until after his buy. And in that time... His break even is 79 this week. He could be closer to 560, 570. Um, and that's getting a bit scary. He actually, no, nah, he won't be around those numbers, to be to be fair. He'll probably be around 550. Realistically, if you are trading at Jay Z, he's got the round 15 by anyway. It doesn't help you, but it might not make it worse. Correct. I would rather trade Jay Z to Dale than trade Jay Z to any of the three guys we've mentioned so far before that. If you can. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if Dale goes on to average five, even ten more than those guys on the back stretch, I don't know if that makes up for the donut. Might not. Maybe. It'd be close. I would rather trade Jay-Z Probably to does. someone like Nat Five and then use the money after the round 15 to upgrade to a better guy than any of the three guys we've discussed so far. It's hard to argue with you. Um, Thank you. Look, I, right, I, case I'm, not, I'm not going to talk about Liam Duggan, but you, I just want you to know that he's in, in Good. my thoughts. Yeah. Okay, so is Dan Houston. Um, <laughs> all right, we're going to go to yeah. the three midfield guys. Um, so we're going to start with Andrew Brayshaw. Now, I'm just going to directly ask you to compare he versus Caleb Sarong. Can you do it? Is there any comparison? I actually uh, – you, you know what? You talk for a second. Let me Let me find something. Yeah, I've watched these guys a lot lately and I think Sarong passes the eye test for me more than what Brayshaw does. Um, Sarong, three, yeah, he's just, I think, what was the game against, um, he was on 95 at three-quarter time, JB. 90, yeah, 95 against Melbourne and he ended on 93. Like, he, it could have been another big score. That was his... First sub-ton since round two. Uh, since round one, sorry. So he's just really good. On eye test-wise, I trust him a lot more than Brayshaw, who I think, as we saw last year, I think he beat up on all the bad teams. He had like seven games of 130, and then he had a bunch of games that were like below 80. And I think that's just kind of what you're going to get on the way home. But at the end of the day, Frio are in form. So I think both of these guys are going to be really good picks on the way home as long as Fremantle keep up their play style and their, their current form. But... Um, 
in the heart of fixtures, I think I would back Sarong to do well more so than Okay, you can, you can stop stalling now. Okay, great. I um, didn't know what you're up to. All right, so price comparison. Sarong, 30K more expensive. Yep. Is he worth it? I think so. Question. Selections, differential. Both are selected by 14% of teams. Yep. Which is crazy. Um Total points, Sarong has him covered because his average is 114, whereas Brayshaw's is 103. But it gets close when you look at the last three-round average, which is both 116. Last five-round average, which is 112 for Sarong, 119 for Brayshaw. The highest score for the season being 146 for Sarong, 149 for Brayshaw. The lowest score for the season being 70 apiece, which is kind of crazy. Um, and then you look at the projected price change, the break-evens game type of thing. Um, Sarong's is 127 coming off of a, a, a sub-ton the last time he played. Brayshaw's is 78. He's about to rocket up in cash with his last few weeks that he's had. So is it worth a 30K based on those numbers? Raw numbers, um, ignoring the eye test, I think it's important to add that Sarong has been tagged twice this season um, and still has the same lower score as Brayshaw. Um, and I think Brayshaw is still probably the go-to tag guy for mm-hmm. the remainder of the season, as long as they're both in any sort of form. Yeah. So I think that's interesting as well. But 30K could mean a lot to someone. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's worth a difference. I think if I was choosing between the two, which unfortunately I'm not, I'd love to get one of them this week, um, especially against Richmond, I think I would choose Brayshaw. Though. Wow, we're so opposite on this podcast, Jamie. It's crazy. I'm only doing it for the money I, because I know a lot of people yeah. are financially unstable. I just think Sarong's 30K better. It's probably 50K better. I mean, the stat of all stats to me is just Sarong's had two sub-tons the whole year and the 93, he was on 95 at three-quarter time. So, I think the stat for me is the five-round average. Since Brayshaw started going up to the 115-plus mark, Sarong went down to the 110. I, it's it's more – Brayshaw's always got had the higher ceiling guy, but he's also got the lower floor, and he's just in a really good purple patch right now. But it, I don't but think But they both means, have the same high score and low score. Yeah, but I still back <laughs> Brayshaw. His ceiling has always been higher. I mean, that's why he had seven 130-pluses last year. Like his ceiling's really good and he can burn you and mm. go on a purple patch. But I think Sarong yeah. is like your Joel Selwood and Brayshaw is like your Patrick Dangerfield. The Brayshaw does so much to score his points. Like he has to absolutely stuff the stat sheet and Sarong doesn't. Yeah, he does. Sarong doesn't need to do that to score well. And the- Can you just take my analogy, please? It was really good. I, th- it, I, I thought really hard like about it. comparing Brayshaw to Dangerfield. No, no, not the same player or the same talent or anything, just super coach wise. Like, One's just a little bit more like, yeah, okay. heat, like highs and lows wise, and to need to do a lot. Yeah. And the other one's just Mr. Consistent. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, you know, all right, would you rather I say um, Strong's like Penderbury and Brayshaw's more like Dane Swan? Is that, is that better? Yeah, that's actually pretty good. I like that one. Thank you. I've got two. Yeah, that one's good. Do I need another? Because I don't have another. Oh, you can, I was going to say, you're going to say like Pendlebury and Dane Beams or something. That's ridiculous. That's actually the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. The, neither of those comparisons are anywhere near. Um, we're going to move on. Lockie Neal is the next guy, 577K. I think he's better than either of these options, um, mostly because you look at his season and you go, what actually is the reason for his price? Um, he's at a 95 against Port in a what was a bad start to the year for him, 95 and a, and a flat 100. Since then, he's had a 76 against GWS and a 63 against Carlton. 
Those are his only three sub-tons. Besides that, he's had a 176, a 124, 128, 122. Um, those last two were in his last two games. He looks like he's turned his form around. Um, they've got uh, quite a few games left at the Gabba. Not a bad run home. I really like Lockie Neal. I, I think he's probably one of the best value players in the game. And yeah. with the best buy coming off of that now is perfect to be traded in. He's probably the best option for me. Still like Saron. <laughs> I do too, but Strong's definitely not 30K better than Neil. The thing is, like, I think Nash goes to Neil, and I know that he got tagged last week for a 122, but it was pretty scary at halftime seeing him on 39. Um, Yeah, but that third quarter, I got goosebumps. I don't know. I just really like Sarong. I think that's more what it is rather than anything against Neil. I think think Sarong is is the safest player. Yeah, look, Neil is better than Brayshaw. I think Sarong is the safest player in terms of he will score, he will average 110 plus. But I think Lockie Neal is not far behind safest and definitely higher. Yeah, I agree with that. That's, that makes sense to me. Cool. Look at that. We do a ground things. <laughs> Um, all right, before we wrap up, I'm going to quickly go through some downgrade options. They don't really exist. Can I have um, another so one gonna, before we move on? I guess. Just one other one. Uh, unorthodox for you to do this, but. Yeah, yeah. No, let me have it. Yeah, go Chad ahead. Warner. 552k before you spit out five, this is why it's an five round man. average gotta... of 115 his scores oh have been really good last five 123 98 104 137 112 he's kind of hit form um when mills basically went down well that's that was <laughs> that was gonna be my first point straight off the bat but what, is mills out for the rest of the season no, have he, i missed that announcement he's definitely <laughs> not but Warner's the same sort of streaky type player. We saw it last year where he went on the purple patch to end the season and he was like super, super good and then people wanted to start him this year but he was just priced too high because he went 110 plus on the run home. And he could be in the midst of doing this 110 plus on the way home um, again. Two people, well, the same person (laughs) in two different timelines is going to pick Chad Warner. One of them is going to be upset that his season was ruined with that pick. The other one is going to win 50 grand. No, probably not. The other one is going to have a small rank increase as Chad Warner does better than he expected. And I'm just going to let those guys make this decision where I think there are much safer decisions, especially when he's 550. If he was like 510, then like twist my arm, take my money, like really good selection. But... At 5.52, he's all the way up to the Brachels and the Neils, and I don't think he's that safe as a pick. Whereas, like, shave another 40K off, and you could definitely, definitely change my mind. I really want those two people Is that, fair? that both want Chad Warner, and one goes Lockie Neal, and one goes Chad Warner. I want them to find each other and make a, a chat, and just every week be like, damn, I should have got Warner, or damn, I'm gonna, you should have got Neil, and just, like, say nothing so, else. Two people in our that. Slack... One person will be Chad Warner inclined and there's going to be a lot of people getting Neil. Can can the Chad Warner inclined person just reach out and and just pick one of the Lockie Neil traders? No, the Lockie Neil trader just... needs to want Chad Warner but then goes for the Lockie Neil. Okay. Well, there has to be two of those. Those people will exist in our Slack. I hope so. There's 700 plus people in there. They they have to exist. Yeah, I want, I they want have to, to know how this conversation goes. They don't have a choice. They have to exist. Um, okay. Well, if, if, we can, if we can get that going as well, that would be great. Thanks, everyone. Um, now, onto the podcast. We have some downgrade options. Do we? Um, 
Yes. Well, no, um, but I'm going to make some up. Okay, great. Because I think that's fun. Um, so downgrade option number one, Nat 5, 244K, thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I've been talking about him for like three weeks. I'm not going to say no now. Um, meant to be playing more midfield time, so you hope he can yep. spike 80-plus scores. It's more of the fact he plays through the rest of the buyers, which is really great. Has the DPP. Yep. It's also really great. And the last one is he there's not really many other options. So by default. I think <laughs> underrated, he's coming off the buy. So he yeah. had that midfield game against Melbourne. He had 50 at halftime. Yeah. Um, looked like he ran out of puff a little bit. Now has had the buy. Comes into a game against Richmond, GWS, Essendon. And he's across the rest of the buy rounds. I think he, two of them at home, I think he's definitely an 80-plus scorer for the next three weeks. Um, whether he can rip out some tons, I think he's probably in your best 18 for the next three weeks, which is super exciting um, and can make you some money. I can't really argue against that. Who, who else do you have for us? Kieran Briggs, $340,000, break-even, negative 32. It's a huge rookie. Negative 32 break-even. Negative 32. If he scores 90-plus, he goes up at least $55,000 this week. Do you have that money to invest? I guess if you trade out Jay-Z or Sheezel, you might free it up. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say no, except he's got a hard fixture this week against North. Goldie doesn't leak many points to Ruckman, but you make guaranteed money, and I'm not sure any of these players we're going to be talking about have a guaranteed money in them. So can't really argue. So if he scores back-to-back 90-plus scores... Which, I mean, I know Goldie's good, but Nankivis is one of the top three most restrictive ruckmen in the league, um, and he put 128 on him. If he does go 90-plus against North and then against Fremantle, who are likely to not have Darcy, will definitely don't have Darcy, um, he puts on another 90K before he is 435K-ish um, at his buy. That in itself seems like it's still borderline worth it if you've got the investment. Yeah, it's hard. It sounds absolutely nuts, JB. But it is nuts. Sounds mathematically okay. He was unbelievable. I thought there was a chance he got dropped next week. <laughs> He's a big unit. He he looks really good. I mean, obviously, he kicked the goal towards the end of the game and got some nice, nice, sweet, sweet goal kicking. Um, Do you know what? Scaling, but they lost. And he lost at least 10 to 15 scaling towards the end. Yeah, he was on 140. Uh, for, for that goal. Um, but he still had like two tackles and a possession late and still held on to a 128. Where, whereas I think any other player probably finishes on 112. He still did enough, like, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, Harry Himmelberg. These, are we talking about downgrade? What, what's going on here? These rookies? What section are we in? Harry Himmelberg. These are our best options, mate. These are our lowest break-even. This is really sad. Um, well, his break-even isn't very low. It's 78. But he did play in defense this week. He's got 103 against Richmond. He has North Melbourne, in which he probably plays defense again. Yep. If he scores 100-plus, his break-even resets all the way down to about 20, um, in which he can make a lot of money against Fremantle before his buy while scoring highly. Um, the only problem is is they're probably only a week or two away from getting some reinforcements in defense, and he's just not an option. I love Himmelberg and always have, but I still don't think he's an option. They've just got these guys coming back, and they've been willingly throwing around players. At some stage, you're going to have to arrest Cadman. Um, 
So <laughs> he's been resting like every oh, week. Oh no, shame, the poor kid. Um, but yeah, look, he'll, he'll be he'll be fine. By the it's way, it's not it's not a pick that I think is particularly viable unless they cop more defensive injuries like immediately, and we can reassess it then. Okay, I admit getting someone 350-ish K with a break-even of 78 isn't quite a rookie. Yeah, I didn't think so. so. didn't fit my criteria. I've found someone with a break-even of just seven. Okay, seven I can deal with. Seven? Is that good yep. enough? Ben Keys. Fake 370K. <laughs> His last two weeks were 102 against Brisbane, 106 against Gold Coast. He's gone from playing in the forward line and being an absolute turd um, to being back in the midfield. Some will say it is reliant on matchup. He did tag uh, Lockie Neal in that game at Adelaide Oval for the 102. And then this week was like a T.O. Greasy, Matt Rowell-fested game against Gold Coast. However, I think there's a chance he stays in there, as in a good chance. If he does, he could go on a nice little streak of tons. The problem is he's coming into his buy now after this week, and he has West Coast this week. So you kind of want him for the game against West Coast with a low break even, but then he has the buy, and then you don't know what's going to happen with his role. Um, he's really awkward to trade into. I don't think he's worth 120K over Nat 5. Um, however, someone in some timeline will get him in, um, and he's like a 10% chance of being F6 for the rest of the year, which Nat 5 is not. That's got to count for something. Yeah, I looked at, I talked about this with Team Pistol last week at 350k, <laughs> and they talked me out of it then. So I can't really, I can't really jump into it now, being all positive because we knew he was going to play midfield from the quote from the coach saying, "Buddy, he's going to play more midfield because he's going to be tagging this week." Um, Anderson, I think my worry I have, just looking at the fixtures ahead, is if they don't tag anyone against West Coast. He might not even be in the midfield. And the week after that, I assume he's going to tag Dacos after the bye. And Dacos has been playing still half back. So Keys plays forward, um, which is not ideal. So I don't necessarily think his role is set. His fixtures are pretty good. He has West Coast and North Melbourne as, for some reason, most most teams seem to play them in quick succession this year. Um so the fixtures yeah, are there. I mentioned that the other week. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? It just keeps happening over and over again. It's, it's really weird. Really weird. Um, Phenomenal. But he, I mean, as you said, there's that, that small percentage chance that he breaks, that he you know, goes back to his role. I just don't see it. That at the end of the day, Crows are still trying to find their best midfield mix. I think Laird and Dawson are just locked in. So no matter what, yep. that's two spots gone. And I'd be really hard... It'd be really hard to convince me that they didn't look their best when they had like the speed of Rochelle in there or, you know, some other players running through. I mean, Sloan's getting like 30, 40% every game as well. There's just not enough. There's not enough speed. It should realistically, the thing is, all right, so this is my thoughts. So Keyes is not a good forward. Yeah. And he's not he, a good forward. He's, he's, a good a, he's not a good forward. He's not a good forward. He's an above average midfielder, in my opinion. The problem is, is they have too many. Like Led is the exact same player, but he's just like a hundred times better. So it's like, how do you how do you balance this? I think Sloan adds something different to their dynamic, but certainly Rochelle, um, Rochelle, and 
Um, Rankin yeah. and Saligo definitely, definitely add something. And it's, it's kind of like what Poor couldn't do. It's like Crozier's is kind of in the same situation. Like you got Butters and Rosie ready for midfield time, but you got Wines, Boak, and Drew like in there all doing the same thing, and it doesn't quite work. And then when these kids come through, it's fantastic. And like you just don't really know where like who who misses out. And when you think about it, for Crows to be as successful as possible, I think the like it's keys playing like twenty percent midfield, and that's just not enough to make make cash over the next month. So yeah. it's hard because I think it's unfortunate. He probably next year at a different club, he, like he's not going to be. But um, for example, that would catch my eye because I think he is an above average midfielder. Um, it's just impossible to squeeze him in there because you're not going to put Dawson back at half back. Um, and with Led's field kicking, you're probably definitely not going to put him back at half back. So there's just no room for him and he just cut, sort of becomes surplus to their needs. I don't think even with the do-day injury that you can throw Dawson back. I think they just bring in no. Warrell or, or whoever. But yep. look, Pedler has been getting some midfield time recently that he wasn't getting earlier in the year. The last four games, he's just had about 20% CBAs. And I think when they drafted him, they thought that he could be that kind of Toby Green type where he can play a little bit of mid and the rest, you know, are damaging forward. Um, and Crows have to be in two minds because I don't think they thought that they were going to make finals, but they definitely want to develop their players in the right position. So getting these young guys in the midfield is best for them. But I think, like, for in terms of immediate premiership hopes, like, Keys is probably still a little bit better than those guys, but it's just worse for their development. So they're going to have to... Kind of have to choose. Are they they're going to go for the finals experience and try and push for a flag, or are they going to try and you know develop their kids and you know push next year when their list you know gets one year older and they're more? I tell you right yeah. now, I think they make finals. I don't think Keys is a big part of that midfield, but I think he probably plays like sixty percent midfield in a final. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like, to get there, I don't think they use him in there, but when they get in there, I think that's that's probably their best way to compete in a final. Um, and whatever it is, however it ends up, I just don't think it's – it's definitely uncertain with Keys, and that's enough to make me think, I know what I'm going to get from Fife at least, and he's 120K cheaper. Um, I'd rather roll my dice there. Um, I'd rather roll them on Briggs. I'd, I'd rather roll them on – um, who was the first guy that we spoke about? Uh, oh, it was five. Um, yeah, so I, th- those two guys, I think I'd just rather roll on. Yeah. If it was locked Alternatively, in, I would do it. If they said, yeah, he's playing. 100%. Tag, if, if, there was, if it was an injury to like Laird or Dawson that was doing yeah. this, then I'd be all yeah. in. Agreed. Um, all right. Alternatively, we got Harvey Harrison for Collingwood, not yet on his bubble. So um, comes into next game against Melbourne, plays them if he does survive then has the bye, then about two or three Collingwood forwards come back. If we see him named again, then it's like, yeah, you know what? He's an option. Well, Elliot and um, Lipinski but should not this be week. fit probably yeah, this week. So the there's a good chance he's dropped this week. Even though we lost um, well, Bo, Bo will be out, McCreary. Um, but Bo, Bo was cleared of any serious damage, right? Yeah, so, I think he's oh, probably back after the bye. But yeah, I don't think long-term there's a spot for him in the Collingwood no. side. And then Mullen, obviously for Geelong, the uh, the Irish Nick Dacos. Not sure he's still being dubbed as the Irish Nick Dacos, but 
Um, he has probably had five mediocre quarters and maybe three above average to average quarters. Um, he's just so raw. He's so young. Um, you can see the potential there, but they they need to get their bums into gear and they need to start winning games. And they've got players like Mitch Duncan coming back. They've got other other fringe players. They've got fringe players left, right, and center coming back. So I'd be very surprised if he was still in the team following their buy, which means he's definitely not a purchase this week. Um, and if you got yeah. him last week, I think you're having a bit of buyer's remorse. It's interesting because Bose was available for selection. And they didn't pick him. Yeah, and they kept the Irish Dacos in. Yeah, I don't think that. Yeah, I, I think that'll probably. <laughs> I love how you just that just rolled off your tongue like so naturally. <laughs> I love it. Um, I don't think that'll that'll happen again after the buy. I think it's like it's it's harsh to. He had a decent debut. Harsh to drop him for that. Playing for one more. Get Bose through the buy. Get him a bit more rest. Yeah. Um, notice that you know Mullen's not quite setting that the world on fire yet. Um, back to the VFL for a couple of games. There's going to be another injury in you know a month's time, mate. Don't worry, you'll be back. Um, and then get Bose back into the side, Mitch Duncan back back into the side. So, um, yeah, I'd be surprised if either of those guys were an option. And that's kind of concerning. Well, I guess some people are desperate. They can't – not everyone can pay, you know, 240K odd for five and they have to get a downgrade option. Oh, I've got more options. Okay, let's hear them. Option number one, yep. Campbell Chesser. We're going back to this well for the seventh time. <laughs> 140K had 19 disposals in the waffle. When will we learn that Chester just averages the equivalent of a 123K rookie? What about Harry Sharp? 161K could get a recall this week if he does, Zorko coming out. off a 60 in his last game. Huh? Yeah, with Zorko suspended. Correct. Um, I can see him foreseeably holding his spot for a couple more weeks, but... It would be risky in that Brisbane side, but he was good before. Yeah, he was. Like he wasn't dropped because he was bad. He was dropped because they had people coming back. Um, alternatively, Johnson two hundred and sixteen k. No Jager O'Meara. By the way, if you do have Johnson, please field him. Um, no Jager O'Meara this week. Probably gets a little uptick in his CBAs. Also, another reason why I like Matt Fife. By the way, um, <laughs> and against Richmond, if you don't have Johnson two hundred and sixteen k, I think they've found something with him. Um, I think he's definitely purchasable, but he's not much cheaper than five, so it doesn't really solve that. Oh, I love how all of these, they're like, yeah, there's more downgrade options. None of them are viable, but there's there's options. But they, they exist in the game. I, I see their names. and they won't have <laughs> What about Wardlaw? 230k, JV. I mean, I, I purchased Wardlaw and I have no regrets. Just for the sheer watch factor, he's so exciting. Um, he might not make a lot of money, but he's really exciting. Um, <laughs> Angwin, 192k. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 that wasn't that was that was satire. Great. Um, unfortunately, there is just not enough options this week, and I hope you cash in on players like Briggs and Ford, and potentially even Wardlaw as well um, to have a bit of pennies to to spend this week. Otherwise, I'm not against going a Zebul slash Shizel um, slash whichever one you prefer to trade out. Um, all the way down to someone like Fife or Briggs and then using that as your one-up, one-down type of thing, a um, bit of a restructure. So I'm not against that. If I was going to do that for this week, especially if you have Marshall in English, I'll definitely recommend getting Fife because at least you can field him. Yeah. Um, and hopefully he gets like your worst 18, like maybe someone gets injured or maybe rookies don't score where you expect them to. At least he'll be offering you points and cash. 
Um, whereas Briggsy, unfortunately for those Marshall English owners, he's just on the bench for the rest of the buyers. So um, he's going to probably earn more cash, but zero points whatsoever. So um, well, yeah, that's my TED talk. What I've got two questions back for you. One, if you have to get oh, a rookie price player, rookie rookie, uh, is, are you are you taking the Irish Nick Dacos? Are you taking Marek from West Coast, the mid-season draft guy? Are you taking one of the if, – if one of the Swans mid-season draft guys are named for their first game, are you taking one of them? What's what's the play? Um, you can't pick Chessa. You can't pick Chessa. I knew oh, you were going to go there. Shit. You um, can't pick Chessa. Why do I have to take this? Why do I have to pick someone? Can I not pick someone? I think this is the issue all year, every year, is that we think we have to pick someone and we just don't. It's it's a buy around where there's two teams missing. Do you really need to make an upgrade to get like a huge advantage? You'd probably make 20 points off of it. Um, Can I not pick someone? Can I say wait till next week? You have Zorko and he's suspended. (laughs) Damn, my season's going <laughs> way worse than I thought. Oh, my days. Um, in that case, oh, let me get the list ready. Um, honestly, I would rather just not pick anyone. If I had to probably – if if you had to say, JB, put your life on one of these three guys playing in an AFL team in three weeks' time, Mullen – the Harvey, whatever his name is, Hiddleston for Hiddleston. Um, You're thinking Weinstein. I don't know. It's a H name. <laughs> um, it's, if yeah, or the Eagles guy. I'd probably say the Eagles guy is most likely to be playing in two weeks. So I guess like that would have to be my option because I'm not trading in someone who's not playing in two weeks' time. However, he's scoring like 18 points per game, and if you could go down from 102k, I think you'd be in danger of doing so. It's um, not worse than I Chester. just don't. Well, Chess has gone up, mate. He's flying. He's 140k. Um, no, I just, I guess Marek is the one that I would go for, only because I think he'll be in the side in two weeks' time, whereas the other two I don't think will be. God, please don't. That's please don't do I know. That, I feel like I pick Mullen purely because you get to say you have Irish Nick Dacos in your team, and that's a benefit. You don't get to see him play. Yeah, but you get to you say it. You get week. to be like, i got Irish Nick Dacos on my team. Fake Primo. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Anyway, I second guess. question. Oh, that's a real, Thanks for answering that's that That's a real somber way to end. Oh, you got to... Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Question. You were oh, talking God, about Briggs and not being able to access the points. What happens if I tell you, JB, there's a way in which you can access Briggs's points. It just requires you to trade out Marshall um, for... Anyone you want, like Sarong or Oliver. How do you feel about it? I mean, for co- for context, Briggs is averaging like 110 plus. So most teams are going to be left with you know some terrible premiums. You could, or you could pick like Oliver and Briggs instead of picking Marshall and Mills. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Um, we're talking about a guy who wasn't in the best 22 for the first nine weeks of the game. Um, of the season. Yeah, but I now he's, he's the best he's player in the AFL. 
he's done okay. He's gone 109, 102, 128. It's great. He's revolutionary. I hope he's restarted or kick-started his career. Um, will they be playing just one ruck? Will he be rested? Will they say Flynn's actually better? Um, will he average 115 for the rest of the year? Will he average 90? I don't know. Um, all I know is Marshall's going to go 110 plus for the rest of the year, and I'm not trading that out um, for someone who I have no idea about for the next five weeks to learn. What about you needed to last 11 two. weeks? If it was round 20 and you had this op- opportunity, then I'd understand, but you need 11 games from them. What if we get to the round 15 by and he's done two more tons, so it's turned up five weeks in a row, and you can straight trade Marshall? who's just had a massive game against Swans to boost his scores, now the same price as Oliver. You can straight trade Marshall to Oliver. Otherwise, you can't get Oliver for the rest of the year. And, and Briggs has turned up a question five for? times in a row. Do you know who that's a question Is for? Is it me? Future JB. Oh, okay. That guy can deal with it. In two weeks' time, if that happens, then it's a genuine discussion point, and I'll talk to you about it then on that podcast. I'm in the worst but- cash situation out of anyone I know. Which True. I've said multiple times, and I still don't really see how it would massively benefit me doing Marshall to Sarong, for example, and keeping Briggs there. Like, I can still complete my team, and yes, it might require Mills or whatever, um, but I will save a trade, and that trade is extremely valuable to me because I probably will need it on the run home. Um, I just don't know how. You're not in a better cash situation, and instead of getting the Mills type, you'll be able to get, I don't know, Jack Steele or someone, which will probably be okay-ish. Know what I mean? Or Sam Walsh. Yeah, or Sam Walsh, which seems, I mean, I've, <laughs> I got all these guys anyway. But yeah, getting Sam Walsh at M8, and you're like, oh, my season's over. I have to hold Sam Walsh at M8 for the rest of the year. And it doesn't sound that I bad. I have one last question for you. I have a closing question. Oh, I agree with your sentiment, by the yeah. way, but I have a closing question. Yeah. Humphrey or Sheasel as a keeper for F6? Jeez, I, Humphrey just kicks goals to win games for days and just gets good scaling. <laughs> That's what he does. Um, I think... He does seem good at that. Humphrey is going through what some players get to go through in their career, an absolute mighty purple patch where it's just awesome, but I don't think he's going to average 90-plus for the rest of the year, so I probably would take that gamble on Sheasel and if it doesn't work out use him as a loop at F7 he could have another 45k to make in the next two weeks yeah it's um, crazy which I think is incredible um, I missed it but missed all of it yeah you, you did miss it I, I got on it because I'm smart and I didn't feel like I had no other choice to make at that point um, okay that's going to do us for the podcast pistol that was a long one it was a long one. I actually thought it was going to be short. I think it maybe should have been short, but you just talk like a lot. So it's just really <laughs> it's difficult to, uh, to get out of. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was very good talking through all this with you. I think I've actually helped my trade situation um, help uh, clear everything up for myself a lot better. So I do appreciate you joining me, Pistol. And um, as per usual, you can catch us on our socials. I think by now you know what they are. If not, then go find them yourself alright thanks everyone for tuning in thanks guys
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 